today on CityCast Madison. The old Dane County Jail, built in the 1950s, is unfit to house humans, and it needs to go. But just what will come in its place is still under debate. Dane County Sheriff Calvin Barrett wants a new, safer facility. But the longer the debate drags on, the higher the price. And there's opposition to spending millions on locking people up instead of focusing on keeping them out of jail in the first place. The Dane County Board has put up nearly $200 million so far, but they say it's going to cost more. They're voting this Thursday, January 19th, on whether to let you, the voters, decide if you want to pay. The sheriff wants to make the case that you should. It's Tuesday, January 17th. I'm Bianca Martin, and this is CityCast Madison. Sheriff, welcome to CityCast Madison. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So this call to close the city-county building portion of the jail was started at least two decades ago. Uh, There's widespread agreement that the jail should be shut down due to the conditions. What's it like inside there? Number one, the building is old and outdated. Uh, It was built in 1953, and uh, its uh, design uh, and its intent reflects uh, the community or society at that time. Uh, It's borderline unconstitutional in regards to its design. Uh, There's limited programming space. Uh, for uh, the residents of our facility. There's no place for vocational training. There aren't any classrooms. There's no way to really develop and help rehabilitate. Uh, There aren't any mental health or medical beds. Due to its design, we are forced to house our incarcerated population in solitary confinement for someone going through a medical emergency or someone going through a mental health emergency, which is an issue. And it just overall doesn't match the values of our Dane County community which is to help rehabilitate and provide those with resources to better themselves. What's the longest that someone might end up being in in that space? I mean, maybe typically, but also the longest. It depends on uh, their status. So we have pretrial, meaning that they have not actually gone to trial and been found guilty or innocent. Uh, So they could be there throughout the process of their trial. But the typical sentence is less than 12 months in a jail. Anything typically more than 12 months, individuals are sentenced to prison. But yeah, solitary confinement, that's, you know, that possibility for quite some time. That's, yeah, very disturbing. What is the best solution to closing down the city-county building jail? Yes, I think, number one, we have a, a, a reasonable compromise that's on the table, and that was approved by the Dane County Board in spring of last year, which would call for building a smaller facility that is six stories and only has 825 beds. There was a lot of compromise and concessions that were given in on, on all stakeholders in this project, and it is the most reasonable and practical and sustainable facility to move us forward in our criminal justice uh, reform efforts. And so there's been a lot of discussions about like the bed count specifically, like that's a lot of where the conversation has gone to. Why not support the county board's plan for a new five-story jail? Um, It's a hundred bed difference from what you wanted. Um, Would that end the debate? Like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so number one, it really comes down to not focusing on a number. What we need to focus on is the quality of incarceration. And the quality depends on the space that we have to be flexible in how we rehabilitate those. 
the less space we have, the less programming uh, opportunities we have. The less space we have, it decreases safety because there's overpopulation and it's overcrowded. So that's what it really comes down to. And I think so many times we get caught up in the number of beds when in reality, it, we should focus on what is the quality of life that we can provide those that are incarcerated. And the more space provides for flexibility and for us to have specialized housing like medical housing, mental health housing, and veteran pods designed specifically for those who need additional space as they're serving their time. That is what our true focus should be and less on the actual number of beds. But more space would be more costly, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and that's just uh, due to. So when we look at the, the actual cost of the jail project. Uh, it was approved several years ago for the $148 million to build the seven-story 922-bed facility, uh, which has been proven through research and through professionals that that would be ideal for us, not just now, but for the next 20 years. We have to put our focus on humanity and not necessarily the cost. Right now, the cost can be covered. Uh, for those who are against our jail project uh, on the county board, up until about two months ago, the issue was it cost too much. It cost too much. We don't have the money. Now we found the money and now there's additional <laughs> issues. Well, and now it's not about the money. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to, do we want to have a facility that we would want our own child, grandchild, brother, sister, or significant other to be in? Does a building built in 1953 that has actual bars and cages, does it represent our values here in 2023? in Dane County, and I can say from experience working in the facility that it does not. What went into that process to determine um, what would be best, not just five years from now, but like you said, 20 years from now? Well, first, it starts with studies. Uh, we're very evidence-based uh, here. My background in academics uh, really supports that. So the bed count and what the projection is, is based off of actual research. In Dane County, since the discussions of a new jail has been happening, we've had we spent $15.3 million on 29 studies. $15.3 million on studies that have all told us the same thing. Close the city-county building and build mm -hmm. a new sustainable facility. So right. the research is there. We recently had Dr. Jablonski several years ago do a jail population study. And he looked at the past 20 years of our jail population, other factors like age of offenders, the growth of Dane County, and then compared that and did a projection up until 2045. That's where we came to that number of 922, which would not just be sustainable now, but for the future as our county continues to grow. Looking at us both, I, there's just something that comes to mind is, you know, you are the first black sheriff for this county. Mm -hmm. Black Dane County residents represent less than 10 percent of the county's mm -hmm. population, but 60 percent of the jail population. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what's causing that? What's contributing to that? First off, taking acceptance and responsibility. Our criminal justice system has had uh, has played a significant role in the disparities in the numbers that we see. We'll take responsibility. That is on us. But the solution to that is to put individuals like myself, who's the first black sheriff in the history of this county, in a position of influence and trusting what I've seen from a professional side, but also from a personal side. So when I come to solutions, when I come to the table and say, this is what I think we need to be successful, I pray that the community and decision makers trust me. We talked about diversity and representation. 
we get representation here as the first black sheriff and no one wants to listen to me. It's crazy. <laughs> so, right. It's, it's one of the most, it's, it's wild. So uh, I, I, I hope that there's that trust in me and what I can do to move us forward. And when I say this is what we need to have programming space, medical space, mental health space, as a part of criminal justice reform, I hope not only members of our county board, but more specifically, the members of our Dane County Black Caucus trust me and my professional experience and my personal experience that this is the best path forward, along with other solutions, which include affordable housing, transportation, career-based employment, entrepreneurship, uh, uh, financial literacy, all of the things we need to really encompass to help with the disparities that we see in the numbers in our criminal justice system. Yeah, it's it's truly it's a full collective systemic thing. And just on a personal note, my own family has been, you know, impacted and involved with the incarceral system. And some of these things, you know, crimes of poverty, what have you, it, it there's just something it it's hard just coming at this on an emotional personal level. Most likely there'll be a disproportionate number number of people that might look like me. It makes me uneasy. Yes, I think the best way of criminal justice reform, the best way that our Black Caucus and our Dane County Board can help with the disparities in numbers right now is to have a safe, humane, and rehabilitative facility. That is a fact. That is how, if you want to impact 60% of those uh, people of color who are in our criminal justice system, let's take them out of cages and put them in open pods. Let's take them out of these these uh, facilities that have bars and exposed lead and asbestos in the air and poor water quality and put them in a facility where they have appropriate lighting, they have appropriate space. And they also have places to exercise, to, to exercise their spiritual well-being, to develop themselves professionally through vocational training, through programming, anger management, narcotics anonymous, all of these different ways that we can help impact is right now, and we can do that if we work together and move forward with having a safe, humane, and rehabilitative Dane County Jail. Do you think there will ever be a day where we don't need a jail? That is a great question. I think there will be a time where I think we will always we will need a jail, but the size of that jail and the purpose of that jail is going to transform over time. 1953, 60, 70 years ago, the purpose of a jail was simple physical containment. We need to hold people that are dangerous away from the public. Now in 2023, that mentality and philosophy is completely different. Yes, the jail needs to hold those who pose a significant threat, but the majority of people that are incarcerated have just fallen into the poverty cycle like you talked about. Crimes to help support habits, addiction. That's where we need to focus. So I see the design and the philosophy and the purpose of jails transforming into a cage to hold someone to a safe rehabilitative environment for a warm re-entry back into our communities. I really just <laughs> felt that. That's what they I really did. Well, you know, this process means so much to so many people. The Dane County Board is set to decide on whether to let voters decide this April whether to provide an additional $13.5 million to complete the jail consolidation project. Do you support taking this debate to the voters? As elected officials, we've been put in positions to make difficult decisions. Absolutely. I make them every day in this very office that I'm sitting in. But when it comes to having 37 Dane County board members, we have to think there are 37 different personalities, 37 different 
constituent bases, 37 different narratives, 37 different life experiences, 37 different professional experiences. And when we're at the point where we're gridlocked, we have to do something to move us forward. And the last resort is to put it to the people when we as leaders cannot come to a consensus. Because if we continue to stay in gridlock, we continue to stay in, uh, you know, where we're not moving, the only people we're hurting is the same people we've been elected to represent. That's who's being hurt right now. So if we don't move forward and build a safe facility, we are hurting 60% of people of color, guaranteed, because those are the facts. And I think that's where it has to go to the people to say, please make this decision because it's been that difficult. And I think that is the last resort, but it's something that's important and needed to move us forward. I wanted to ask just a little bit more about the jail operations. Will the new jail cost more to operate every year? Right now, we currently have three separate facilities. We have our Ferris Center, which is out off of Rimrock Road. We have the Public Safety Building, which is on Doty Street, and the City County Building, which is literally right across the street. When we look at efficiency purposes, we now have to take our deputies uh, who are understaffed and spread them throughout three separate facilities. So that decreases efficiency, which increase costs. So yes, it may. I mean, there's no definitive. We're actually doing a staffing study right now to see if it's going to be more. But at the end of the day, when we look at it, is that additional cost worth investing in our future? Is it worth reducing recidivism? Is it worth having a medical bed to put an expecting mother who happened to be incarcerated? Is it worth having two cells specifically designed with negative air pressure flows to keep airborne viruses like tuberculosis or COVID-19 from spreading throughout the other incarcerated population? That is what this new facility will have. So I believe the efficiency of it will be better. The care that we're able to provide will be better. But I never want to focus truly on the cost because is the cost worth the humanity and the treatment aspect and the dignity side is where we need to focus. And it sounds like there's a lot of focus and attention on these sort of philosophical mm-hmm. components of it. And it philosophical, I mean, and it's also material beyond the, these costs and the cost of construction, it sounds like you really have big plans for new programming. Can you talk more about that? You just shared a little bit. Programming is the key. We've seen it um, in the in our prison systems where it's the key to helping individuals with that warm re-entry back into the community. The worst thing we could do is take someone that's been incarcerated and put them back on the street without making them better. Our criminal justice system now and our jail as it is designed creates bitterness and brokenness, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And if we don't do what's necessary to repair that brokenness through programming, we're just gonna continue the same cycle. We release individuals with no proper training, no programming, and then say, do better. They're going back out to the same place filled with drugs and and disparity and, and poverty, and then we say, do better. We have to provide them with those skills. So I definitely think our programming is the key to help that warm reentry. And we've seen success in our numbers. We have a parenting inside out group, uh, which was designed uh, in part with the University of Wisconsin to help provide education to parents, whether it's male or female. But due to our current facilities, it's limited to only males and it's limited to long wait lists because we don't have the appropriate programming space. So the community... Our county board members, our stakeholders in our criminal justice system are saying, Sheriff, do better, but we're not giving you the resources to do better because we don't have space. 
our medication-assisted treatment program, which is designed to help individuals that suffer from opioid use disorder. We're limited into what we can do because we don't have the space. We would love to offer more medications, but we don't have a medical space to do the appropriate observations. And this is how we help move the system forward and not just focus on all the negative. The programming is the key. If we provide individuals with education, with medications in regards to how to help themselves, if we provide them with proper training, if we provide them with better personal and human skills, that's how we solve this issue of the disparities in the numbers we see in our criminal justice system. Sheriff Barrett, thank you so much for your time and for bringing us up to speed on the latest here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been a true pleasure. That was Dane County Sheriff Calvin Barrett. The Dane County Board will be voting this Thursday, January 19th, on whether to put the jail on the ballot. If the board agrees, it means you, the voters, will decide on whether the county should spend that $13 million. We'll be following. Here's what else Madison's talking about. Should a building that used to house a credit union group be considered a Madison landmark? If you've driven up Sherman Avenue by Tenney Park, chances are you may have missed it. It's a pretty plain two-story brick building that's set far back from the road. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, don't feel bad if you don't. The building's claim to fame is that it was dedicated by President Truman back in the 50s. It was the headquarters of CUNA, a national trade group for co-op businesses. The Madison Landmarks Commission says it should be considered historic, meaning it can't be torn down. And that's the rub. A developer wants to build a housing complex there. Some of the neighbors oppose. This could throw a wrench at that plan. And do you need help with student loan debt? This Wednesday, January 18th, there's a free webinar from someone who's been there. Nika Booth was living paycheck to paycheck with 16 credit cards before she successfully paid off tens of thousands of dollars of debt. Now she's sharing her wisdom in an online forum organized by the Dream Bank. We'll put a link in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell someone who is interested in criminal justice reform about us? We'll be back Thursday morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon.